Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, we don't have a final yet. Uh, we have a final in Game 1. The final in Game 1 was the Guardians 5 the Minnesota Twins 1. But Game 2 right now is going into the bottom of the 15th inning. And I'm trying to stay awake and watch this game. And it's to the point where I can't stay up and finish this game and also wake up and do the podcast in the morning. So it is the bottom of the 15th inning. The Guardians are tied and Twins are tied 6-6. Nobody wants to win this thing. It is unbelievable. They just had runners in the corner with one out in the top of the 15th and they chop into a double play to end the inning. There has been a ridiculous amount of baseball today. Almost three games worth of baseball if you include these extra innings. Ernie Clement is stepping into the box. So here's what we're going to do. This is now Cleveland Baseball Nightly. I am going to give you the live play-by-play -play while trying to also talk about this game and where we're at. So Clement's squaring the bunt. He gets it down to the third baseman. It's a perfect bunt. He's thrown out at first. The pinch runner moves up. Who was on base? I don't even Straw was on base. So Straw moves up to uh, third. And now we've got a runner on third. One out. We are set up to win this game. And Austin Hedges has a chance to be the hero. So let's see if he can do it. Let's experience it together. I'll keep giving you the play-by-play. This game has been insane. Three, almost three games worth of baseball today. We're going to go back. We'll talk about game one. But let's talk about game two here because it seemed like the Guardians were going to run away with this thing. I mean, the storyline of this game two so far is that, oh, Hedges almost squares the bunt, but he takes a pitch outside, a curveball outside for ball one. The storyline of this game is Connor Pilkington was really, really good. Really good. The offense scores another five runs after putting up five in the first game. Miranda, the first baseman, is in ridiculously far. The whole infield is pulled in to cut off this run at the plate. A 1-0 pitch, and it's another breaking ball. A slider outside, he fouls it back. All right, 1-1. One, one. Uh, Rodriguez is in pitching for Minnesota. He's been in there for a while. How many innings is he up to at this point? I mean, they're both blowing through their bullpens. This is his fourth inning of work so far. McCarty has given us three innings on the opposite side to get to this point. All right, 1-1 one, one pitch. Hedges, Hedges sets in. Rodriguez set at the mound and the pitch. And he squares the bunt again, and he misses a curveball in the zone. He whiffed on a curveball bunt. They were trying another squeeze bunt. It's a 1-2 count now on Austin Hedges. Oh, man, Hedgie. Hedgie, just swing away. Put one in the outfield. Get some grass. Oh, man. I, this is unbelievable. I mean, neither team. Oscar Gonzalez has been, you know, was held up and didn't score. Then he kind of blow it doesn't blow through a stop sign the third base coach falls down and so he just goes the whole dugout is waving him on and he just goes and he gets thrown out at home plate I mean so many opportunities to end this game the twins were up six to five at one point and the pitch it's another curveball outside he takes it for two two they were up six five they did it they took the lead Finally, and then Ahmed Rosario delivers an RBI hit, an RBI single up the middle with two outs, and uh, ties it in the 13th inning. 
So those are the only runs scored so far in extra innings. All right, 2-2 count. Runner on third straw. Rodriguez sets against Hedges. He's thrown him a bunch of curveballs outside and the pitch. Another curveball, and he chops it to third base. And they call him out. The third baseman dives. Urshela dives, catches the ball, and they say he tagged Miles Straw at third base. Are you kidding me? Straw was caught off third base with his lead, and he is tagged out by Urshela. And I don't think the Guardians have a challenge. He chopped this one right up the third base line. Urshela leaped for it and tagged him on the back before Straw could get to the base. Oh, no. And they almost collided. Oh, he collides into Urshela's knee, and he's tagged out at third base. Are you absolutely kidding me? You could not have possibly had worse luck than Miles Straw has on this play, but he's out. He's absolutely tagged out. It almost would have been better if he went, if he would have just broke home. Unbelievable. So now Hedges is at first with two outs, and Stephen Kwan's up. Rodriguez sets in the pitch. Another curveball he takes for strike one. What was I talking about Pilkington? I think I was talking about Pilkington. So the Guardians offense does their job. They score five runs. Pilkington is great for five and two-thirds of one-hit baseball. It's the best counter Pilkington we have seen all year. 81 pitches and another fastball up. And it's now uh, a 1-1 count on Stephen Kwan with two outs here in the bottom of the 15th inning. Tied 6-6. So Pilkington does his job. The bullpen handles a little bit of trouble in the seventh inning, right? They get out of it. Henches with the bases loaded. Gets out of it. Some big strikeouts. And then Trevor Steffen gets the eighth inning. It's a five. Uh, is it a, it's a five-nothing game at this point. We've got this thing. A fastball up, and Quan has to peel back out of the way. It's now a two-and-one count on Stephen Quan Rodriguez. Uh, it looked like he couldn't get the curveball located. Now he can't get the fastball located. He is up in Quan's face with that fastball. Uh, all right, so a 2-1 count now for Stephen Quan with Hedges on first base. So we got it all set up. It's Stefan and then Karinchek to end the thing, right? We think it's going to be perfect. And then Stefan implodes. Another curveball, and Quan shoots it back up the middle. Is Hedges going to go first to third? Yes, he is. He's on his horse. He makes it into third safely. Quan delivers a huge hit up the middle to give the Guardians another chance to win this game. And, of course, it's Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario, who has an eight-hit game, eight-hit day today you know if you count after midnight is still part of today <laughs> it's still part of september 17th uh Ahmed rosario is working on an eight hit game he hit that the rbi hit that tied the game in the 13th inning and now they're having a meeting at the mound because Ahmed rosario has a chance to be the hero and end this thing in the 15th so stefan just has himself a terrible game there's an error to kick off the eighth inning then a hit then a walk then another hit uh, they keep piling up the hits, so two hits off him. Uh, uh, man, then Karinchek comes into the game. You think Karinchek, okay, it's a 5-3 lead. You think Karinchek is going to be able to shut things down. But no, he gives up a two-run home run to Nick Gordon. So the, the, you know, the light-hitting second baseman Nick Gordon gets a home run off him. It's his eighth or ninth home run of the season. Uh, the MLB app will tell me his eighth home run of the season. I mean, not his guy slugs 435. I guess, all right. You know, he has slugged a little bit. Um, 
in the pitch to Ahmed Rosario, and it's a grounder. It's off Correa's glove. It's off Palacio's glove in the center field. It's off Palacio's glove, and Hedges scores. He did it. Ahmed Rosario does it. I don't know if it's going to go down as a hit or an error, but it's over. The 15-inning marathon is over. Ahmed Rosario, it is his day. He delivered. It was a grounder up the middle, and it just goes off Palacios' glove into center field. Frankly, it's something he should have been able to handle. Uh, he definitely should have been able to field this. We'll have to see what the official score is here. They scored as a fielding error on Jermaine Palacios, and uh, Hedges scores the winning run. Oh, man. It's just a shot. Oh, he was shuffling. He was, you know, he was sliding to his left. That's a play a shortstop has to make. He just doesn't get the glove down. His, you know, his feet were there. His feet were a little slow. He wasn't squared to the ball, and he doesn't get the glove down, and it glances off his glove in the center field. I'll take it. I don't care at this point. I will take it. The Guardians win game two, seven to six. Man, what a marathon of just like unfortunate plays, unlucky plays, just an insane marathon of a game that goes 15 innings. Unbelievable. Credit to the fans that stuck it out. Uh, you know, Man, there's some true fans right there at Progressive Field right now who stuck it out. Ahmed Rosario. All right, he doesn't get his ninth hit of the day, but he gets an RBI and uh, finishes this thing off as uh, Kurt McCarty gets interviewed by Andre Knott. We'll click off the game. We'll keep talking about it, though. Um, man, I can't believe we pulled it off. I can't believe you, we did it together. We did it together. You're enjoying this in the morning. You woke up and already looked at your phone and knew that the Guardians had won. But uh, now you get to see how it went down. Ahmed Rosario getting very, very lucky there. Um, of course, he hit a ground ball. Ahmed Rosario loves hitting ground balls. All right. So uh, Nick Gordon hits a two-run home run off Karinchek. He gets a fastball and... Uh, is able to deliver a big home run off of Karinchek in the eighth inning and ties the game 5-5, and that's how we end up in extra innings. And like I said, it was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, Gonzalez has a chance to score twice. Once he's held at um, held at third base, and then they can't bring him around to score. The next time he goes for it, and he's thrown out by a mile at home plate. So, uh, yeah, we absolutely had our chances. Everybody on this day had a chance to be the hero in extra innings, right? Owen Miller kicks off the 10th inning with a single. You know, puts runners on the corner, and Miles Straw strikes out. Ernie Clement flies out shallow, and Austin Hedges grounds out to end the threat. Uh, you know, Oscar Gonzalez has a chance for a big hit in the bottom of the 11th. Can't come through with it. So he's the pinch runner to start the 12th inning. Straw with a single. That's the one where he doesn't score. It's a bloop single into the outfield. It's up there in the air for a long time, and he can't come. Uh, he can't make a decision on whether or not to go, can't decide whether to go, uh, and ends up just making it to third base, and then Ernie Clement would fly out uh, to end things. So that was the opportunity. Uh, or is that the one he tags? That might be the one... I honestly can't keep it straight at this point. I'm a little delirious. It's been a very long day. They tried with a sack bunt with Austin Hedges in the 13th inning. But again, Quan flies out. They can't bring that runner in to score. Uh, Ahmed Rosario singles, though, and saves the game. 13th inning is when Ahmed Rosario saves things. You can see I'm getting all these extra innings uh, mixed up. 
So Quan has a chance to be the hero, but he flies out too shallow. Clement is stuck at third base, but Ahmed Rosario delivers the single up the middle. That was a beautiful shot straight back over the mound, right up the middle to bring in Clement to score to tie the game. That's after Nick Gordon had a sack fly in the top of the 13th for the, uh, for the Minnesota Twins to take the lead with the bases loaded. Um, so Gordon was able to get them a run, but they can't stop Rosario in the bottom of the 13th. Uh, then nothing in the 14th, but here in the 15th inning, Ernie Clement with a sack bunt moves the pinch runner. Uh, who did I even say the pinch runner was at this point? Uh, oh, yeah, Straw. Moves Straw up to third base. Austin Hedges uh, with that chopper to third base gets Straw tagged out. And then Hedges moves up to third on Stephen Kwan's single, goes first to third. The hustle right there paying off. And then the fielding error. It was hit at 104.2 mile per hour exit velocity. So that ball was scolded up the middle. It actually had a 520 expected batting average, but it goes as a fielding error on Palacios for the uh, Twins, their shortstop. Uh, it goes as a fielding error on him. And uh, Hedges comes in to score the winning run. So just an insane ridiculous second game. And our offense was great up until that point. I mean, Ahmed Rosario had a huge three-run home run to blow this thing wide open uh, in the fifth inning. 102.8 miles per hour, 24-degree launching, a 400 feet, a three-run home run, uh, you know, to really extend this and make it a 4-1 lead. It had been a 1-0 lead since the first inning, so it had been kind of a quiet game. Uh, in the first inning, Stephen Kwan leads off by being hit by the pitch. Ahmed Rosario with a single puts two guys on. And then Oscar Gonzalez delivers a double that brings in Kwan to score. And that was the first run of the game. And we sat one nothing for a while until the home run by Ahmed Rosario. Um, man, yeah. So we were facing a bunch of rookie pitchers on the day. We faced everybody. I mean, every pitcher got in this game. It's insane the number of pitchers used in this game. It's crazy that Derek Rodriguez was able to go as long as he did. I mean, Winder only lasts, Josh Winder only lasts four and two-thirds innings for the Twins, so they got to use a lot of their bullpen guys. They end up using seven pitchers on the day. We end up using one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitchers on the day. Nine pitchers on the day. When Pilkington starts off so well with one-hit baseball, and then Sandlin goes two-thirds, Henches goes two-thirds, Stefan only lasts a third of an inning. That hurt right there. Karinchek gets him out of the inning, but gives up the two-run home run, so they combine for a terrible, terrible eighth inning. Eli Morgan rocks solid in the ninth, though. De Los Santos was a beast in the tenth inning. Brian Shaw gives you two shutout innings in extras. McCarty gives you three innings of relief in extras. Yes, he does give up the sack fly in the 13th, but he's able to shut them down in the uh, 14th and 15th innings. So, I mean, McCarty, De Los Santos, Shaw, Morgan, putting in the work in extra innings, really upholding the reputation of this Guardians bullpen. Unbelievable stuff. De Los Santos, those two strikeouts were monsters uh, in that 10th inning. So, yeah, I mean, this second game was just all over the place. It's almost too much. I mean, the box scores are ridiculous. Quan with a three-hit game and a walk. He's on base four times. Rosario with a four-hit, four-RBI game in 
eight at-bats. Uh, Jose Ramirez has walked a bunch of times. Three times he's walked in this game. Naylor had a bad game. He goes 0 for 5, two walks and three strikeouts. Uh, Naylor is struggling. You know, I tweeted this out the other day. Someone, one of our friends on Twitter, uh, Clark, tweeted at me and uh, asked about Josh Naylor. And I looked it up. And on fan graphs, you can see what they call the rolling numbers. So you can basically look at how a, a stat has progressed throughout the season. And it's not surprising. Naylor has struggled recently. And his bat bip has gone down. It's dropped below the season average. Um, you know, he's really struggling right now. You can see it, it spiked earlier in the season, and then it's really fallen off the second half of the season. Batting average ball in play. Now, why did I look at that? Well, to see, you know, was he having bad luck? Was he having good luck? Like, what, you know, how was he doing when he actually makes contact? Because his strikeout rate has been pretty consistent. His strikeout and walk rates were pretty consistent. So now we got to just look at the balls in play. And clearly, there's a problem there with what he's doing putting the ball in play. So I pulled up some other stats and compared them to the bat bit. Something you could do on fan graphs. If you go back at Davey Barris and you find my tweet, you could see this graphic. Um, so the bat bit falls in the second half of the season. Well, if you look at his ground ball rate and his fly ball rate, when he was hitting good, the fly ball rate was up, the ground ball rate was down. As soon as that bat bit fell, you know what else fell with it? The fly ball rate. You know what went up? The ground ball rate. Almost perfect inverses of each other in relationship to the bat bit. So there you go. He's been hitting a ton more ground balls. He's not lifting the ball anymore. So I think that's what's going on with Josh Naylor right now. I know he struck out three times uh, in this second game, but uh, the ground balls have been a problem for him. Uh, So yeah, so we used everybody. We cleaned out the bench. I mean, literally, we cleaned out the entire bench in this game. Uh, Andres Jimenez is hit by a pitch again. Uh, We thought it was going to be significant. They They turned out that the Twins are able to get out of the jam there. Uh, I believe he's now tied for the franchise record with Ryan Garko for the most hit by pitch on a, on, in a season. Uh, so a, an unfortunate record that Andres Jimenez still has about two weeks to try to break. So I think that, I mean, I don't know what else I can say about game two. It was absolute insanity. I don't know how I can quantify this into a podcast. What was Pilkington doing that was working so well to start the game? Well, uh, he was had a pretty good whiff rate, a 38% whiff rate, 15 whiffs on 40 swings. Uh, so that's pretty good there. The changeup had a 60% whiff rate. The curveball had a 50% whiff rate. Even the fastball, even though they swung 27 times at the fastball, it still got eight whiffs. It's good for a 30% whiff rate on that pitch. That's pretty darn good from Pilkington. Not that many called strikes, so it's only a 30% CSW total on the day for him. Uh, But that fastball, they weren't really barreling up that fastball. Average exit velocity of 86.6 on the seven fastballs they put in play. So, uh, yeah, that's what was working for him. What was he getting his strikeouts on? Let's jump back over to the illustrator here, and let's take a look at his strikeouts. And I believe... It was, there's so many pitchers to get through, a lot of high fastballs. A lot of fastballs up at the top of the zone. Gets Billy Hamilton up there. Gets Matt Walner, the rookie, up there. Gets Jermaine Palacios up there. Gets Gio Urshela with a fastball right down the pipe on a 3-2 count in the fir- to end the first inning. And then some changeups. Two strikeouts come via the changeup. One to Celestino. 
um, that the lefty leaves to his arm side of the plate, and then one down below the knees to Billy Hamilton. So that's what Pilkington was getting his strikeouts on. It was a good day. Uh, it was a really good, encouraging start for Pilkington. Not someone that I have a ton of confidence in because our rookie pitchers yeah, really haven't been popping too much this season. They've all kind of struggled, you know, coming up and getting these spot starts and getting these double header spots. They all seem to struggle a little bit. I mean, we all know what happened to Gaddis, right? So they've all struggled a little bit. Pilkington has gotten so many starts under his belt that he's basically the fifth starter, sixth starter on this team at this point. I don't know, he may, I I guess I could check if you really want me to, but it's probably pretty close how many starts him versus Aaron Savali at this point in the season. Uh, but Pilkington, I think, is starting to figure it out a little bit. I mean, it's not like the Twins are a terrible lineup. They're, they're still a decent lineup, even if, you know, most of their star players are hurt at this point. Uh, Correa was DHing in the second half of this game, but there's still Urshela and Sanchez in there, and... Uh, you know, there's still some decent hitters in this lineup. Jose Miranda has been pretty good this season. Uh, so still some good hitters he's facing, especially the top four in the lineup. And, you know, he did a good job against them. So it's nice to see Pilkington figuring things out. MVP on the day. Uh, well, you know what? Let's go to game one. Let's go to talk about game one, and then we'll do MVP on the day because it's going to be a combined MVP on the day for this one. Game one was just a solid win. I mean, Bieber was just fantastic for eight innings, only gives up four hits. He is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, but he only gives up four hits. He does give up, finally gives up a solo home run to Matt Walner, the rookie, on a cutter that sits middle of the plate. The guy has had nine major league at-bats. I believe, is this his second game? Yes, this is his second game of his major league career, and he finally gets his... Uh, they were, oh, they were both today. It was his first game ever? Okay, that was his first game uh, today. Wow, a lot of baseball for the guy in his first taste of the major leagues. Uh, so he gets his first major league hit. He gets a cutter from uh, Shane Bieber that he hits for a home run. Um, so congrats to him for finally getting one and for ending Bieber's uh, beautiful start. But Bieber goes eight innings of really solid baseball. Six strikeouts, no walks. Huge on the day. Uh, what was working for Shane Bieber? Well, again, it's not eye-popping CSW numbers. It's just very competent pitching. I can't even say that it had you know weak exit velocity off him. They put 11 four-seam fastballs in play with an average exit velocity of 93 miles per hour. So they were hitting him. Uh, but good defense behind them, maybe a decent whiff rate. They swung 50 times on 93 pitches. The Minnesota Twins are an ultra-aggressive offense I'm seeing in the last three games here of StatCast data I have in front of me. 15 whiffs on 50 swings. It's good for a 30% whiff rate. It was the knuckle curve. 71% whiff rate. Five whiffs on seven swings on that knuckle curve. Even the cutter had a 38% whiff rate. So really good stuff there from Shane Bieber. And it's no surprise if we go over to the Illustrator that most of his strikeouts come via the knuckle curve. He's got three knuckle curves in the dirt that he gets strikeouts on. He's got a slider in the dirt that he gets Nick Gordon on. He's got one cutter down and away to Mark Contreras. And he's got one knuckle curve up at the top of the zone that he gets the rookie Walner with in the fifth inning on a 3-2 count. Drops it in at the top of the zone for a called strike. That's a tough one for the rookie. 
So that's what Bieber was doing on the day. Again, it's not like it's not one of these like 12 strikeout games for Bieber or anything like that. He doesn't have a 40% CSW. He was just being solid and just, you know, attacking all day. Uh, really attacking with that fastball and that cutter. Everything is around the plate, even attacking with the slider a little bit, and then just burying the knuckle curve when he went to it. I mean, they had no chance with that knuckle curve when he went to it. So it's good stuff from Shane Bieber. Um, Yeah, really solid start in that first game. And then the Guardians offense just was kind of grooving. I mean, they put up runs in the first, third, fourth, and sixth inning, so they really spread it out. You know, again, it's not just one rally, hitting a multiple, multiple times, really taking it to the Minnesota Twins pitching and their defense. Jose Ramirez on his birthday gets a home run to kick off the game in the first inning, a 3-0 count, and he was not messing around. Gets a fastball on a 3-0 count and absolutely demolishes it. I wanted to look at what his numbers were on 3-0 counts, but frankly, uh, he's only had five official at-bats that have reached 3-0 counts where he swung. Uh, he's had 30 plate appearances, but he's walked 25 times. Now, I don't know if that counts as the intentional walks. Because, right, do they count Do they count 1, 2, 3, 4, even though the pitches aren't thrown? So I don't know if that includes intentional walks. Oh, it includes 14 intentional walks. There you go. It includes 14 intentional walks. So they do count as plate appearances that reach a 3-0 count. Uh, interesting. But he's only had five actual at-bats that have ended with a swing, and he's hitting 400 in those situations. Uh, that would be his first home run on a 3-0 count this season. Um after 3-0 counts, when reaching 3-0, if the at-bat continues, he's still a 350 hitter with a 1.400 OPS, with a 1,400 OPS. So, yeah, when you get to 3-0 on Jose Ramirez, it's not going to end well for you. And uh, in the first inning, he delivers a monster home run to just kick things off, to just kick start this day between the Twins and the Guardians uh, the right way for the Guardians, right? It just it set a tempo for the entire day. Boom, Jose Ramirez, you know, an exclamation point in the first inning. Uh, and then in the third inning, they're able to add on to that. Um, they actually turn a double play. Um, well, they can't turn a double play on uh, Straw and Quan. It's an interesting situation where Quan kind of chops one. Gordon at second base kind of gets like caught up with it, doesn't know what to do with it. He wants to flip it to second, maybe wants to tag Miles Straw can't do either. This is after Straw walked to kick off the inning, then tries to turn and throw to first, but can't get Quan at first. Straw goes to third on the bad throw, and then Ahmed Rosario uh, delivers a single that drives in uh, Miles Straw. Uh, Ramirez has a chance for a more uh, action, but grounds into a double play, and Naylor strikes out to end that threat. But Ahmed Rosario delivers, uh, you know, a base hit here get more scoring to, you know, get straw in from third base. So it's a nice top of three batters, first three batters of the third inning combined for another run. Then in the fourth inning, it's Oscar Gonzalez with a single, Andres Jimenez with a double, and then Owen Miller. Again, the first three batters in the inning. Man, we were jumping on their pitching uh, early in these innings. Uh, so we put together a nice rally in the fourth inning and uh, put two more up in that inning, and then in the sixth inning, again, the oh, I take that back, Austin Hedges grounds out, but then it's Straw, Quan, and Rosario combining again, uh, back-to-back-to-back to back to back singles, 
So a good job. Nine turning the lineup over to one and two. Man, that is a lethal combination when it's cooking. Um, so those guys back to back to back singles put together another run in the sixth inning. So a really, really solid game. Again, nothing incredibly flashy here, but just really solid Guardians baseball. Rally after rally after rally. Four rallies basically put across five runs. Uh, and it's a nice, comfortable lead for Shane Bieber to just cruise to just cruise through this game. Classe comes in and pitches the ninth inning because I get it when you're Francona. Bieber was so good. The offense was perfect. Everything about game one was perfect. Why risk it? Even if you trust a Sam Henches or, you know, an Eli Morgan or a Sandlin to maybe go out there and get three more outs, why risk it? Why not put Classe out there and guarantee that you're going to win game one? Like, lockdown game one. I kind of get it from Francona. I know some of you are probably thinking you wish Class A was available in game two instead of Karinchek to go out there and finish that thing off when Stefan got into trouble. But I understand why he used him in game one. He had Pilkington. He had a rookie going in game two. He had no idea how game two was going to go. He didn't know we were going to score five more runs and be up 5 nothing again in that game. So I understand why he uses Class A in game one. All right, it's ridiculously late. I think, I hope, I know that's not the most detailed baseball, Cleveland baseball morning we've ever done, but I hope I've condensed three games worth of baseball into one podcast for you. Basically, the point is the Guardians' offense is just rolling right now. Even when they weren't scoring, there were guys on base in almost every inning uh, they were just keeping the pressure on Minnesota just constantly throughout the night. And then these extra innings tonight just got absolutely, absolutely ridiculous um, until we finally are able to break through and finish things off. MVP on the day goes to Ahmed Rosario for eight hits spread across two games in an unbelievable amount of plate appearances. Five plate appearances in the first game. Uh, in the second game, eight plate appearances in the second game. So spread across 13 plate appearances. He delivers eight hits. He delivers four RBIs in that second game. He delivers two RBIs in the first game. So a six RBI day. Yeah, Ahmed Rosario, as good as Bieber was and Pilkington was. And both our starters were very good. But Ahmed Rosario split between the doubleheader. He's taken home combined MVP on the day. Now, the Detroit Tigers did win. So what does this do in the standings? Uh, man, the Minnesota Twins are now seven games back. They're a game under 500. They have really fallen out of this race. It does feel like it's a two. Now, there's still two games left in this series between us and the Twins. So I guess in theory, they could, you know, they could jump back over 500, right? We still, we can't take our foot off the pedal. I hope those guys get a little bit of sleep and just come back and do their routine tomorrow uh, because I'm guessing it's a 1 o'clock. Yeah, it's a 1.40 start tomorrow uh, at Progressive Field. Uh, I wonder if they delayed it just a little bit to let the Browns game start at 1 o'clock and then, you know, it staggers the people coming down to both games. Um, so, yeah, it's a 1.40 start. So, that they at least get a half hour of extra sleep. Uh, so, I'm sure that'll be... Uh, nice after this game ends after midnight. By the way, uh, 24,449 at game two. What was the attendance 
uh, for game one. The attendance for game one was 18,177. So they brought it. The Cleveland fans brought it for this doubleheader today. That's a lot of people coming through that turnstile uh, for a doubleheader here. So we'll see what the Sunday crowd is like with a home Browns game. And then, frankly, a makeup game on Monday, a 110 game against Minnesota. I'm not expecting a huge crowd for that one. Uh, Cody Morris is getting the start against Ryan for the Twins. Uh, Ryan who's pitched, I believe he's pitched very well against us this season. We'll, we'll double check on it tomorrow. Uh, and then on Monday on that makeup game, it's going to be Quantrill against Sonny Gray. So two right-handers were facing to finish off the series before we have to head to Chicago and deal with them while they still deal with Detroit. All right, they went to extra innings against Detroit again. Uh, so, they, man, everybody is just feeling it right now. It is it is definitely the stretch to playoff baseball. They need to – it's the chase for October, whatever they want to brand it as, but it is definitely – a different vibe right now, uh, especially in the American League Central, where there is a real race going on for this crown, for this division title. I don't know about you, uh, being just making getting the playoffs is great, right? But I do want to win this division title. I like beating the Twins. I like beating the White Sox and the Royals and the Tigers. I want to win this division. I like seeing those division banners up at Progressive Field from the '90s, a couple from the 20 teens, right? Let's do it. Let's go win this division. Let's keep burying the Minnesota Twins in this series. And, I mean, literally finish them off. Finish them off in this series. Let's go do it, Guardians fans. All right, that is all my thoughts. It is very late at night. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, at Davey Barris. Again, the final from Progressive Field. Uh, Game one is the Guardians 5, the Twins 1. Game two, I didn't get to say it at the beginning of the show, it's the Guardian 7, the Minnesota Twins 6, in 15 innings. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Night.